to the two marks exclusively on the pod station. Welcome, listeners, to a new show brought to you by the two marks. This time we're discussing One Division Season 1 series, episodes 4 to 6. And once again, the two marks are delivering an irreverent review, providing you lively debate, conversation, and social commentary. What is the legal requirement for flying drones in a built up area? What happens if you accidentally blip off onto somebody? Do cosmic microwaves cook your food faster? Is Monica Rambeau out for first blood? All this and more will be unpacked in this week's episode. Let me introduce my friend and co-host, Mr. Mark Pollard. I know the answer to one of those questions. Well, when I wrote it, I knew exactly that it would resonate with you. What is the answer? You aren't allowed to blip all over everybody. <laughs> legal apparently <laughs> it's the drone stuff obviously being a commercial drone pilot shameless plug yeah <laughs> you're not supposed to do it really you can do it in circuit do you know what it's way too long and boring an answer the long and short of it is i'm clever i fly drones get it on me if you want to get a job in sword you can teach them how to do it properly because <laughs> they're not very really good at it the first one ended up in someone's bush Whee! the other one was, was it destroyed the, the drone in the fourth episode i thought you were talking about mine i was thinking no Yours. i, I did i did crash it in the lake once <laughs> did it hit a tree or something it clipped a tree <laughs> <laughs> the tree moved. So, <laughs> gonna, gonna blame it on an inanimate object. It clipped a tree and landed in some water. It was deliberate because, of course, it didn't break because it landed in water. And once it dried out, yeah, it seems to work all right again. Did you put it in a bowl of rice? It looked much the same as the drone that landed in Wanda's bush the other day. You'd probably feel that, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> You're a clever person who's a drone pilot. <laughs> If you want your drones flying into lakes, give them a call. Yeah, obviously it wasn't deliberate and it happens from time to time. Yes, it wasn't my finest moment. So how have you been? I'm all right. I'm not too bad at all. Doing this during the pandemic for time stamp purposes, I had my first vaccination jab on Monday. Touch wood, didn't have any side effects. That third year was there when I started. <laughs> but it does feel like my right arm has been pummeled by Brett the Hitman heart. <laughs> continuously for 24 Sorry, hours. I get that reference. Not many people would, would they? Yeah, Generation X are looking at this going, who? What? Yeah. Huh? What? Television? Always my favourite wrestler from that period. The Undertaker. Well, you had a couple, didn't you? Because Undertaker yeah. flitted between being a good guy and a bad guy. And so I loved The Undertaker, but Brett was the man. Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Oh, there was Laws, who was Sergeant oh, yeah. Slaughter, Jake yeah. the Snake, the Bushwhackers, yeah. Legion of oh, Doom. It's weird. I didn't particularly watch a huge amount of wrestling, but they finally year of primary school they brought out a sticker book for that generation and obviously that was the thing we were just all collecting stickers for that and that's why I, I can remember them all because of the sticker book not necessarily because I bothered watching it one I had was I got mixed up I had a panda a giraffe a hippo and then I realised it was WWF boom <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Shall we I was going to say, well, if you would like to hear more shit jokes like that, then if you go to thepodstation.co.uk, you can find all of our shows. We've got a film policy, they've got Mark Shit Jokes in. We've got Disco Fever, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, Mark Shit Jokes. Picard Talk, which is all about Star Trek Picard series, that includes Mark Shit Jokes. And we also have the Two Marks channel, which has obviously this show and all of the other stuff combined, so we keep it all into one single show. So if you want to 
to hear an endless amount of Mark's shit jokes. It's all in one single place. If you go on to social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you'll find pictures of Mark probably telling a shit joke. Uh, <laughs> if you want to email Mark to tell him why his jokes are shit, the two Marks at thepodstation.co.uk. My joke's shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you've given everyone how they can get hold of us now. Shall we move on with the show? Let's do it. Our second show in this series, we covered episodes one to three last time because we're going to do three podcasts covering the nine episodes. Can I just correct that description? We pushed through episodes one to three. We didn't cover them. We pushed our way through through strenuously determinedly doggedly through episodes one true. to three yeah that, that is true because the weren't ones that you particularly enjoyed it was called dragging a story out as far as i was concerned to be fair would normally wouldn't we do a show per episode but when the episodes in question are about 20 minutes long there's very little you can do with them so we did do a whistle stop tour didn't we you'll see in a moment but when you get on to episode four onwards what you actually realize is what i said all along which is episodes one to three could have either been broken down down into two episodes or ideally one perhaps feature length episode. I think they could have done maybe three episodes of an hour each. I think someone at Marvel has OCD so the generations, the decades they wanted to cover weren't open for negotiations like we will start in the 50s and we absolutely will have one for every single decade whereas having now seen it I'd have just jibbed off the 50s and started in the 60s I don't remember because I took history at school i know all of the 50s you look like you could have been around in the 50s the 1850s <laughs> but like generation z or x or whatever it is they wouldn't even know what the 90s were no i think as we move into episode four things are going to start picking up this is more like it this is what i wanted this is what i was expecting and this was all hoping for it basically explains all the shit that went on in episodes one to three Ugh, i don't want to sound like a broken record and i don't want to keep going back to it but whilst i'm not against the introduction to the show being something that I don't yet know about or I can't quite explain. I've got no problems with that. What this did was not only explain all of that, but give me enough of the Marvel Universe. I think the problems with episodes one to three was, apart from Wonder and Vision, I had no connection to that Marvel Universe that I loved, whereas episode four, it was just an orgy of Marvel universe stuff. They were calling people in from all over. The show was like, Ooh! We're in. Excited. This one's called We Interrupt This Programme. As you rightly say, we get more of the wider MCU. The opening scene, we're introduced to Monica Rambeau being shown coming back to life from, as it's known, the blip. First alluded to in Spider-Man Far From Home. With this particular episode as well, we've never really had time to dwell on the repercussions of the snap as i prefer to call it how does a world operate with only half its populace what does it do when that other half suddenly reappears it hasn't just been five minutes it's been five years hasn't it and obviously the population is constantly growing even if you've only got 50 percent of it unless they're all men mathematically it wouldn't work but if it was 50 percent of all men who ends up going well you'd be fine but because it's indiscriminate and based on actual equation somebody's worked out that it got rid of all pandas oh they really 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 need to get themselves a better hobby that's such a random thing to and who cares <laughs> I know. at the, the end of the day I mean what, what I more care about is the fact that this 
start to this episode is just brilliant it's mega it's exactly what you want it's chaotic because people are just popping back all over the show first you're not quite sure the only semblance to what might be going on is the fact that you recognize obviously everybody coming back obviously it immediately puts us into some sort of context when she's sort of going Where, where's my mum like she yeah. died years ago love gone she's gone you've been gone age you know i've just been sleeping five minutes no nope. and that was brilliant because just that short little scene there just filled in a huge gap it gave you loads of context as to what was going on and yeah I just thought it was brilliant as fans of Marvel anything it wouldn't even matter if it was just a cameo but when you've got actual characters and this particular episode brings in Agent Wu yeah James E. Wu as he calls himself we know him from Ant-Man and the Wasp we've never seen Monica Rambeau as an adult we've seen her in Captain Marvel it was nice to see her and then you also had the plaque on the wall of her mum you introduced the sword which is a prediction I made when we did the Captain Marvel show which is on the film Podacy introduced to Dr. Darcy Lewis yeah who people will know Thor. from Thor movies yeah three characters that are going to be and have been part of the wider MCU and you've also got an explanation or at least a visual of what the blip and the return looked like it feels like those are the comfy slippers that you wanted to put back on again so yeah. it's great having new parts to the universe it's great to introduce new styles and concepts but fundamentally those characters Monica gave us a link to Captain Marvel. Wu gave us a link to Ant-Man. Lewis gave us a link to Thor. All of that connective tissue, S.H.I.E.L.D. was now sword, which then gives us that connection. All of a sudden, it was like, all right, okay, I feel this is now a Marvel show, whereas up to this point, it just hadn't at all. S.H.I.E.L.D. still exists. The two aren't mutually inclusive to one another. They're both separate agencies. It's just that one deals with interplanetary problems and S.H.I.E.L.D. deals with planetary problems. I thought S.H.I.E.L.D. had been completely shut down. No, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s still going. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still happening. The Hydra problem has been resolved. But S.W.O.R.D., in the comics, in fact, was set up as to deal primarily with anything of a threat when Iron Man is propelled into space with the nuclear weapon so he doesn't blow New York up. That's when they've realised that actually you've got your villains on Earth. How are you going to defend against villains such as the Kree, which you see in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or the Skrull, which you obviously see in Captain Marvel. So it's been given a different name and actually what they have done in this particular series is they've retconned it into canon within the MCU. Allegedly after the events of Captain Marvel S.W.O.R.D. was created. I alluded to the fact that that's where it was going to go because of the post credit scene that we see with Nick Fury. Yeah, it's Spider-Man. Even its sense of humour comes back to being a Marvel one. I just didn't find it funny. You know the episodes 1 to 3 doing the whole 50s, 60s and 70s humour thing. It felt slapstick and silly whereas this you've got Wu who's hilarious I mean when he's having that conversation with the policeman at the beginning going so um Westview was like nope no Westview so where are you from Eastview and what about Westview no no Westview and there's a big sign behind with it on those sorts of things are Marvel humour Darcy Lewis's humour was great from sitting in the van and they're all going no we're not allowed to talk to you and she's like well this is what I do this is who I am anyone else in right the way through to when she's like oh anyone making me a cup of coffee it was just it was nice (sighs) I felt happy again I felt content I forgave them for episodes 
one to three at this point. I think with this, though, you've got to give them credit. They're actually trying something different, which is television. They've not done television, always focused on the movies. So they're going to use comics as their guide. And the whole of this series is part of a bigger comic storyline. Well, I mean, is this something we're going to discuss generally? Because do we think this is going to form more, very much the wider picture? Or do you think this story acts very much just for this character? Well, I think at the end of the season, we'll establish where Wanda is. It's called WandaVision. It's clearly about two characters, one of which we know is dead. What? You know, Spoiler alert. If you're listening to a show about WandaVision and you haven't yet seen Endgame, you're a dick. <laughs> Now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> because I know the comics, a lot of this is spoiled for me anyway. I say spoiled in the loosest possible terms because actually I enjoy Marvel. I think episode two and three were fine. I don't think I needed episode one. I think it was just 30 minutes too long dwelling on that whole, ooh, what's going on, people? I didn't need that whole, ooh, what's going on for three episodes. Two episodes was just about my film. And if you're not a big fan of American sitcoms like Cheers and things like that, it probably will grate on you. Although I'm a aware of the shows they're trying to reference I wouldn't say I was an ardent follower of them mm. bewitched I think I watched a couple of episodes to get it into context we're talking about the days when you only had three TV channels the later generations don't realise this I think they think Netflix existed so when you got in from school you literally had I mean apart from channel 4 turning up later on you only had three channels two of those were BBC and if you missed the start of your favourite programme there wasn't any rewinding or going back you missed it the that was it people nip out for a week and missed the climax there was always a power surge during the advert something they everyone running to make a cup of tea or go for a wee or flush the toilet you know that during the advert break the television goes higher yeah for people to hear the advert while they're making a cup of tea I find it really offensive because I have my telly quite loud anyway I don't know whether I'm hard of hearing or what but <laughs> I like it quite loud I struggle to hear some of the conversation sometimes and then when the adverts come on it just destroys your eardrums and you have yeah. to turn it down and I find that quite irritating <laughs> you can advertise to you while you're making your brew <laughs> Except we don't make brews anymore. In fact, I rarely watch TV that requires any sort of advert break, so I'm even more irritated when there's an advert. <laughs> well, West Wings, yeah, that's the first time I've experienced adverts in a long while. Good episode, this. I really enjoyed it. It fills in a lot of the blanks. Starting to delve now a lot more into the mystique of it all. The cracks were showing in episode three. This wasn't as what we all thought it was to be. And some of us had a bit of a clue to things, but now we've clearly identified there's something afoot. We're now trying to work out whether it's someone trying to attack Wanda Maximoff or an external force. Monica now is involved to try and investigate that. We obviously saw her in the previous episode, but we didn't know until she got flung through a garden fence, her identity. And this picks up quite nicely and very quickly gives our backstory to the character. So we know who she is, but we don't spend hours on it. No. You see a picture of her mum, boom, done. You see the blip, you know she's been whisked away. And I think it's a good intro. Now you've got Sword who are parked right outside this dome a bit like the Stephen King show Under the Dome. There's this force field, isn't there? Yeah. Everything inside the force field clearly manipulates the matter to make it like 1950s or whatever era. Darcy's been brought in to pick up the radio frequencies and I just thought the whole thing was amazing. The humour, as you mentioned, is part of a staple of Marvel, isn't it? It sets everything up. You now know what's going on on the outside. You've already experienced what's going on on the inside and actually the cracks are getting even greater now because in this one, Vision really starts to query what's going on and 
why it's happening to the point where Wanda in a rather sadistic bunny boiler type way goes this is your home you are staying here boy type reaction and that's great because it's just ratcheting up the whole tension the story arc it's creating that wonder as to what's going on and it's becoming more and more apparent that actually Wanda seems to be the person who's at fault we kind of have to look at the series as a collective each episode isn't a self-contained episode obviously episode three Monica gets flung through a garden fence and this picks up why that happened and obviously who she is as a overall series I think it works well the way they've done it what did you think of the 80s outfits in episode five yeah I mean <laughs> it I doesn't do having... the 80s any favors does it I suppose it's trying to capture those periods and how things were and the politics and the fashion I was born in 75 the 80s for me was my cool you know, period yeah. well I say cool but one of the things I did when I was growing up is I hid all the photographs of me because my mum used to dress me there's a picture of me in a Spider-Man costume with brown sandals who the <laughs> fuck does that <laughs> who the fuck does that oh yeah uh, oh that's really I have to see that photo. That photo has to go on the internet. (laughs) In fact, I'll tell you what. I'll do a deal with you. If you find that photo and throw it up, I'll throw up the picture of my winning costume that my mum had me wear in, I think it was about 85 or 86. I was the Pudsy Carnival Fancy Dress Award winner for 1985, I think it was. And I was dressed as a bunch of grapes. But like piles? Well, it did look a bit like like hemorrhoids I guess but yeah I was a bunch of grapes right. never lived it down still get lots of gyps so I'll tell you what I'll um, post that picture of me looking like a piece of fruit you put <laughs> you send me the picture of the spider with brilliant Marvel obviously never took my idea on and thought that would never be part of the costume I don't see why Tom Holland has to wear some sandals in the next Spider-Man I'm movie trying re- I'm trying to remember though those brown <laughs> I think I had a pair of that. I think I generally tried to refuse to wear them so far as you can when you're a kid because I hated them. To be honest, it's mortally damaged me emotionally for all kinds of sandals, even in today's society. So, you know, those Velcro ones that people wear. Now, I just can't watch people wear those because I look at them and think of those brown sandals and go, now I'm not having that. We've been ruined, my friend, by our parents. I hate sandals. I've never worn a sandal since I was able not to wear sandals. (laughs) Since, since I was buying my own clothes, I've never worn a sandal. I hate flip-flops. I would rather walk over broken glass and Crocs. If you can't bend down to do up a fucking shoelace, you've given up on life. And also, in terms of the world of Greta Thunberg, they're made out of plastic. They're going to take two billion years to degrade. They're hardly eco-friendly, but everyone loves Crocs. But yeah, my mum thought it was a good idea, a good fashion point. And also, for memory, I was also wearing white socks. So that would just be- that would just be the pierced <laughs> resistance, would it not? Oh my god! I mean, to be honest, I thought I had the ace in the hole with the picture of me as a bunch of grapes. But every time you describe this, it just becomes even more magic. I'm now scrolling through my phone trying to find my picture. I feel I need to send you this so that you have my dirty secret, so I can get this picture. If <laughs> I found it, I've just sent it to you. Where are you? Oh wow! Okay, are you crying there? Yes, because my mum dressed me as a bunch of fucking grapes <laughs> yeah but what's the one at the bottom when you've got like a green helmet on what's well that's that? the stork in it oh okay actually this plays into our theme doesn't it of superheroes maybe you're like great boy <laughs> 
or anal doll. <laughs> oh dear. What we've established is that the 80s have an awful lot to answer for. That's exactly representative of what I remember the 80s to be. Going back to the original question, while we went down our past... <laughs> Torturous really past our yeah. damaged childhoods. I want to start therapy again now. I thought I'd buried all that. Um, <laughs> I just remembered good music and the A-team, but now I've just remembered the reason why I hid all my photographs. Uh, what was quite interesting about this is when Agnes comes in, you know, with the kids crying, and she does the, oh, should we do this again? When Vision comes in and goes, no, yeah. no, no, I love that. That's when shit really started. It's quite interesting to think about why she did that when you think about later episodes, but going by mindset at watching this for the first time, I was like, ooh, Ooh, that's really pushed the button. Vision's just witnessed this and he's already yeah. suspicious. So now he's really like, what on earth is going on here? Because in the context, it's all meta, isn't it? Wanda knows it's all fictitious. Agatha comes in and we now know what we know about Agatha. So you do ask the question, well, why did you do that? I suppose she's playing along. But it's those subtle nuanced moments give it that added value for me. There's a lot of thought goes into it. And the whole fact that the children grow faster, you would know that doesn't happen in real life. Does he not? No, I wish it did. <laughs> At this point, it then pans to the intro music for the episode. And perhaps we should have mentioned this earlier, but we're <laughs> going to mention it now. The pictures of Baby Vision. It's basically the pictures of kids, but with a superimposed head of Vision, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. I was just laughing all the way through that. Well, in the context of your photo, that wouldn't look out of place. It looked better than me crying. The picture of me crying, by the way, is the one that the Pudsey Times used on its front cover. No way! Yeah, it did go for the one with me wearing the headpiece so I could hide my identity. It went for the full. This was the winner. Look at him crying. That's because his chest has a bunch of grapes. The one where you've got the green wrap around. You know those cheese strings? Yeah. It's got like a really <laughs> cheeky grin to one side. They look like you're having a stroke. It's like, oh, hello. Now, one thing that I found really interesting in this episode and I suspect it might be something that actually continues on into the universe as a whole is when they're going through how Wanda's come upon Vision's body the geezer whose name escapes me who's now head of sword he says this was against Vision's living will which is an interesting phrase because living wills are a bit like in this country with power of attorney if you lose a capacity what happens when you're no longer able to make decisions for yourself but you are still technically alive use of the word will suggests you're dead in this instance a living will is exactly that it's you're not dead people are making decisions on your behalf because you're incapacitated i.e to suggest that either vision isn't dead or that they're trying to keep him alive or they're trying to bring him back from the dead in inverted commas i think we get the answer to that later on but they do allude to the fact that actually he is the property of the government's in terms of ownership, the IP, the rights, is essentially Stark Industries. Vision came out of Jarvis. Uh, I thought you were going to say Jar Jar Binks then. Never <laughs> would I say that. Jarvis was where it came from. So when he was messing around, he created Vision from Jarvis. Vision essentially is the IP of Stark Industries. Whether Tony Stark has, in his will, said that all things that require government oversight become the property of the government, i.e. Sword or Shield or whoever's designated. It seems they're also dealing with technology as well. 
so it makes sense for Vision to be owned by the government. Episode 6 is probably going to be an application for breach of IP rights. We're going to be going to the application hearings and listening to the submissions for both parties. But I have an interesting Easter egg in regard to the scene in question. What? Um, There's a deleted scene in Endgame where Wanda goes and gets Vision's body. Okay. Which they've used in the show. All right. Wonder whether they thought about using that as a post-credit trailer to link into the TV show. At the end of Endgame, you have the post-credits. don't have one in Endgame, do you? I thought it was understandable that they decided that's the end of the story. There's no need for a post-credit, but actually, it would have been a good one, that. They just shoot lots of stuff. Their films are quite long anyway. They probably decide what goes in, what doesn't, but it seems that they've found reason to use it. It's not long enough for me, because unless it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that I can just watch Marvel, then quite frankly, they need to pull the socks up. I think with lockdown, we're going to be blessed with a few movies, aren't we, back to back? You're going to be eating those words when, <laughs> when, you, have, when you have Shang-Chi and Black Widow and the Eternals all coming out and then Loki. I wish I had more time. Bring it on. This was a strong episode out of all of them. This was one of my favourite. What, episode uh, five? No, episode four. Oh, right, episode four. Sorry, Sorry, I've been jumping between episodes four and five. Anyone who's trying to follow this chronologically, I'd give up because my absence of notes means I am just jumping around all over the show. Well, we're covering episodes four to six, so technically you're all right. Okay. Also, we make the rules. Yeah, so bothered. So, <laughs> I've got a few Easter eggs for this episode. Are we talking about episode four or episode five? Episode four, because I've, I've separated my Easter eggs into each episode. You should be in charge of this show, mate. The way you're doing it sounds far more logical. Let's do the Easter eggs for episode four on the basis that I've been harping on about episode five for about the last 20 minutes. Can't argue with you, because I've just been following your lead. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's where you went wrong. <laughs> the thing with these episodes is they are packed. We've already mentioned that the snap or the blip is revisited. We get to see Monica arrive at the sword headquarters. The necklace she's wearing has a similar insignia to Captain Marvel. The drone has the same colours as Carol Danvers' suit. We get to hear the voice of Captain Marvel when she's thinking back to when she was called Lieutenant Trouble. That was her nickname in Captain Marvel. But we get Captain Marvel's voice. When was that? The very end. Ah, um, right. There's unresolved angst, isn't there? Yeah. Clearly, there's been something gone on between Captain Marvel and the daughter, apart from being blipped for five years. Maybe because her mum was a good friend of Captain Marvel or Carol Danvers the daughter is probably thinking well you left us because she went off planet didn't she and also in new news she's probably been sacked because the new film's called Marvels not Captain Marvel 2 oh really they've renamed it and apparently Ms Marvel which is a new series we'll see how that goes I hope it's not woke and Monica Rambeau are going to be in why do you think she might have been sacked she's a little bit standoffish when it comes to interviews and apparently doesn't come across particularly as someone who understands humour this is all rumour and conjecture whether they've just done that because it's a springboard for Monica Rambeau and Ms. Marvel to be pelled into the big blockbuster movies. There is a Ms. Marvel TV show coming to Disney+. Plus. As I mentioned earlier, S.W.O.R.D. is retconned into the MCU, given the explanation that after the events of the 1990s, Captain Marvel set up S.W.O.R.D. In the comics, it's called Sentient World Observation Response Department, but they've changed it to Sentient Weapon Observation and Response Division. This particular department is concerned with with off-world threats. Deals with stuff that's out there. 
Yeah, Cree, Skrull, anyone like that. On the photo, Maria Rambeau with middle name Photon. As we know, or as people will know, Photon is the name that Monica Rambeau takes along with, she has about four or five different aliases. Photon is one of the most notable ones from the comics. Which was her mum's call sign, I should add. She takes that up as her alias. Oh no, I'm just trying to be clever. I mean, you're there with all your Easter eggs. I'm just throwing in a little bit of the old knowledge. It's a good thing and yours is like a fried egg. Get on with your own Easter eggs. Westview is in New Jersey. Well, it isn't, is it? No, it is. No, it's not. There is no such thing as Westview. Westview doesn't exist. Eastview is probably there, but not Westview. Oh, I see what you're doing there. Very <laughs> clever. Took me a while. It's been a long day. Got there in the end. That's why you get paid the big book. Thank um, you. Jimmy Woo returned. One of the things I did like in particular with regards to Jimmy Woo just shows the wonderful writing. They must have a huge whiteboard in someone's office where they go, remember this happened in this film? There's a scene in Amp man because Scott Lang is in lockdown he's teaching him card tricks when he gives Monica the business card he does like a card trick with it doesn't it so it shows he's been training with Scott Lang and now he knows card tricks I'm so happy I thought he was a really good character in that man do you have your main characters and there's so many cypher characters which are as valuable as the main characters because they make it he was a good guy in Ant-Man he was kind of put across as the bad guy because he was the authority trying to enforce the terms of his home imprisonment but actually throughout the course of it you can see he's kind of a good guy so it's quite nice in this series he's just a good guy doing his job as opposed to sort of being a good guy in the Ant-Man films but almost technically filling a bad guy role because he's going against what we want the good guy who in that case was Ant-Man so I love James E. Woo I want to see more of Woo I went woo-hoo Woo He is appearing in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania Cool The Skrulls are mentioned again prediction to Secret Invasion in other TV series on Disney Plus. We'll probably see them again in Captain Marvel 2. On the whiteboard in Jimmy Woo's office, there's a reference to the Skrulls. Another big prediction for fans, Darcy mentions cosmic microwaves. Now, there's two possible sexy predictions I'm going to make. Possible reference to the Eternals. They wield cosmic energy. Also, a little cheeky prediction for the Fantastic Four, when the guy whose name you couldn't remember, which is the guys who I can't remember... <laughs> You were trying to be um, all clever there, weren't you? And then you managed to shoot yourself in the same foot. As I was giving you down the banks that I had forgotten his name. <laughs> but I, but you couldn't I, stop I, yourself, I could you? I was doing Thelma and Louise off the cliff right there. Nothing I could do. I was committed. I applaud your spectacular commitment to that failure. Director Haywood mentions that he still has astronauts missing in space. Those who are familiar with the first family, the Fantastic Four, will know that they ended up being zapped in space and getting their superpowers. With hindsight, that that's a really exciting one because they've given a trailer teaser that they're going to be rebooting the Fantastic Four in the Marvel Universe. This would have never have occurred to me but for you saying that. We know from other films we've seen there's been Easter eggs that have gone back all the way to. So for example Wakanda was an Easter egg in Iron Man 2. Namor was an Easter egg in Endgame. But in fact if you go way back to Iron Man 2 also in there. Marvel have mapped this out whether they decide to do stuff with it. Let's throw this in and then if we decide in the next couple of years to do it we know we've got a call back to it the beekeeper and the drone has explained that the reason why they've shifted their form is because it sits inside the sitcom theme that Wanda has created we get a flashback to how Vision died with his broken head it went a little bit horror yeah I split my head open there as well and it is messy and it doesn't look great I could sympathise with Vision at that point I'm sure there's loads just to finish up 
episode four, it also ends with a Jimi Hendrix tune as well. It was like, okay, episode four was the best episode ever. Let's crack on with episode five. Booyah. I would say the same. So yeah, it's funny enough, we've actually covered a lot of this. <laughs> it was in the 80s. Everyone's just as 80s. We've established we are heavily scarred from the 80s. Vision is probably also scarred from going by his baby pictures. This is the one where we find out about Wanda having stolen Vision's body and about the fact that Vision has a living will. They clearly are relying upon that. We also start to see the extent to which she's got the mind control over people because now Vision's really suspicious. He actually disconnects one of the people during this episode, at which point you hear how torturous they're finding it being under Wanda's control. Well, it's like being in prison. It's an interesting take on it because she's not a bad person. No. In the comics, she has different allegiances. In the MCU, as we know her, she's not bad. Obviously, she was because she was told by Hydra and also by Ultron. And she is now. She's getting into Vision. (laughs) Dirty jokes for the mums and the dads. It's a bit of blue. It's a bit of blue. I thought this was a really good episode. It shows how powerful she is. We have this conversation about DC characters and Marvel. Captain Marvel is probably the most powerful one up there with Superman. It'd be quite interesting to see who'd win a battle between Superman and Captain Marvel. But it was alluded to that she could have taken on Thanos on her own. And the writers probably realised that, which is why they fucked her off the planet. But it'd be like Captain Marvel and Wanda just playing table tennis with Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> like, for for you, days. You have a go. No, you have a go. No, you to have you, a go. To yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. Just chinning the shit out of the yeah. poor fella. <laughs> yeah, this moves us further into the mysteriousness of what's going on. We now know it's probably Wanda. We now know by these little breaks in her power, she's got a wider control over this town. Do you know what I related this to? Have you ever accidentally found yourself in like a meeting or a presentation for one of those pyramid marketing organisations? You can't get out, but you have to sit and listen to these people banging on incessantly yeah. about it and it's like brainwashing and you can't get out you can't stop listening your ears are bleeding your brain's melting you just want to go home when he was like oh my god she's she's just controlling me this is terrible I can't do it I was like yeah we've all been there dude I exactly agree <laughs> I think it was a timeshare oh cross story yeah we once me in-laws were sold a cheap holiday on the premise of they go there for one of the days they have to go around and do like the guided tour of buying the timeshare and me and the missus tagged along with the kids to go with it it came to the day of the you have to go around the timeshare and they rung us up and they were like are you coming we're like fuck no we came for the cheap holiday we're not going to sit listen to someone anyway we were sat by the pool all day and then there was no sign of the in-laws and the longer the day went on the more i was turning to the missus going yeah do you know what they've bought a timeshare haven't they (laughs) you know those things it's like the longer they're there when they turned up with this pathetic fella in tow carrying a bottle of champagne and four glasses I just looked at the missus and go listen here comes three dickheads one who sold them a timeshare and two people who <laughs> bought it <laughs> oh lo and behold that's what they'd done I was like Christ alive I should have come I could have saved you a fortune build it up to be something it is isn't. so maybe that's what Wanda's done Wanda's Time sold timeshares to every single person in this village and they're absolutely shafted now yeah they're, they're devastated please let me go I don't yeah. want to stay here it's a shit tip we're yeah. in the fucking 50s that picture of the house that you showed me doesn't look anything no. like the one that you've sold me but one of the things in this episode we see Quicksilver or Pietro a little bit of we came out at this point I have to and be honest like- my missus was stony faced about
about this. She couldn't have cared less. She didn't get it. She wasn't sure what was going at all. And I was just sitting there going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. A bit of a criticism to Joss Whedon, because when he did Age of Ultron, Quicksilver was killed by a bullet when he's faster than a speeding bullet. It seemed a bit odd to kill him that way. The one from Fox, he was a decent version of Quicksilver. For those who aren't avid fans and followed the whole backstory to it all, Fox had the rights to Quicksilver because Quicksilver also was with the X-Men as well as being in the Avengers. Legally, they have access to Quicksilver, the same as Marvel had access to him in the Avengers. So all they did is recast their own version in each of those properties. But because Disney bought Fox and everything else they own, they now can use all of those properties. They brought back Fox version of Quicksilver. And this is great because Disney now own the X-Men, albeit they clearly have no intentions of really using this guy for that purpose as such. It was a nice nod to go, we now have this, we can do this. This could be just the tip of the iceberg in where we go with this. And certainly the cross-dimensional element to it, because I actually thought that's what they might have been doing, because with Doctor Strange and the Ant-Man with the Quantum Realms and with Loki having created new timelines, because when he up and off skid in Endgame, when they went back in time to get all the stones back together again, it feels like there's nothing to stop them from actually having a dimension with the X-Men with those actual characters so that Quicksilver does exist in that dimension and he's just as legitimate as the Quicksilver who was killed in Age of Ultron and that's just like oh that's brilliant that's kind of tidies up a right messy real world problem I think the multiverse is now a blank check for them to go anything now is a new branch timeline it's also a bit arrogant in it it's like come on guys what are you going to do we own all the properties the way Marvel have got it set up if you don't do a film in six years goes back to Marvel if Sony for example sell their business to Netflix Sony's rights to Marvel characters go back to Marvel I think Apple and Netflix want to buy Sony because Sony make televisions and products they're not a television company all of the properties will revert back to Marvel anyway for nothing that'd be amazing they'll have Spider-Man they'll have Venom because I've just seen the trailer for that Um, yeah exactly they'll have Morbius all the shit that Sony's trying to do to be Marvel you can see by the Spider-Man thing they're going to go just leave it to Marvel the rights for the Netflix shows have already gone back to Marvel another prediction that we're going to see Jessica Jones in She-Hulk we're going to see Daredevil in Spider-Man 3 he's the one who got introduced to Night Nurse because he fell off a building she looked after him we've all been introduced to Night Nurse at some point Night Nurse (laughs) we've all had a cold and we've not been able to get off pardon well i certainly got off with like moving swiftly on uh, that's all fine with me so long as marvel don't write any more corny lines like the one at the end of this episode five where wanda goes family is forever and she says something else corny and there was just that little bit of sick that came up in my mouth which was promptly repaired because she opened up the door almost instantly and saw her brother i was like okay i've swallowed the sick i've moved on i'm now excited again on to the easter eggs for episode five boom well yes but we really realize very quickly that Wanda isn't the Scarlet Witch. Everyone gets a bit confused and they keep referring to her Scarlet Witch, but she's not the Scarlet Witch. She's Wanda Maximoff right now. Those who know the comics will know that she becomes the Scarlet Witch. But as he puts it, she doesn't have a cool name and that's why she's a terrorist because she doesn't have a weird name, which would make her an Avenger because clearly that's a criteria for becoming the Avenger. Do you have a stupid name? It's a bit extreme to suddenly go, you're a terrorist, especially after the efforts she's put in with Thanos. We alluded to it in our last podcast 
podcast on this show, which was people have battled against one of the greatest villains that we've seen. In, in the, the universe. universe. I mean, let's basically, not undersell this. The universe. Basically, a god for them to go, now you're a terrorist because you've just managed to put a bubble over town and you haven't got a name. It seems a bit extreme. If Someone needs to check the policy on that. <laughs> He's basically the Brexit party of the Marvel world, isn't he? The powers that Monica Rambeau has are hinted at when she's exposed to the extra-dimensional energy. The other name she's known by is Spectrum. She takes on Photon, but in the comics, Spectrum's another one. Is also known as Captain Marvel. So I think Captain Marvel name, it's more of a placeholder. Like James Bond. No. (laughs) Not like James Bond. I did it on purpose. I've got you agitated. Let's move on. My work here is done. (laughs) In this, it's because of how she was thrown through the force field. We'll come on to this in episode six because I want to discuss this in a bit more detail and I was hoping you would have more answers for me. We'll come back to that. Darcy uses the term the hex. A lot of the shapes in this particular season has been of a hexagonal shape. We probably get the answer nearer to the end of the episode nine of where the hex comes from but she coins the phrase hex and the bubble that's surrounding the village is also in the shape of a hex isn't it i mentioned earlier that wonder steel and vision is a scene from endgame where it's been used and was cut straight from that put it into this the sokovia records are referenced two of the twins tommy and billy people will know from the comics they have their superhero colors they're annoying kids aren't they oh massively in the comics billy is reincarnated as sorcerer wiccan and he wears red and Tommy is the super speed to the codename Speed and he tends to wear blue and greens. We get the commercial that is a reference. I wish Americans would pronounce words properly. There's a reason we gave you the English language. <laughs> well, technically we didn't give them. We invaded their island. The reason we gave it back to them is we were fighting the French at the same time. We didn't give it back to them. We had our asses kicked. We were fighting two battles. We were fighting the French on one side and we were fighting the Americans on the other. If we'd have been focused enough and weren't bothered about losing Americans. Let's not upset our American listeners if I get involved in that because I fully accept we shouldn't have been there. We get Lagos. It's not Lagos. Lagos, the reference in the advertisement, a Easter egg to Captain America Civil War, why they want to have the Sokovia Accords put in place because Crossbones blows himself up and takes out the building. And it is Lagos, having been to Nigeria, that is the name of the place. It's not Lagos. It's funny the things that irritate you. They're just odd little things that just, they rattle and rattle around in your head and you just cannot shift them, can you? No. <laughs> we all yeah, have them. I just yeah. like watching yours because it reminds me that I'm not as weird as I keep on thinking I might be. As you referenced, which is technically an Easter egg, so I'll let you have that. Vision, does he put his finger in his head or does he just tap him on there? What does he do to that guy in the office? Is yeah, he, he just does that, doesn't he? Yeah, for the listeners, that is Mark tapping his forehead. Oh, yeah, I just realised it's an audio <laughs> medium. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Which is a reference to comic book House of M, which is what I think this storyline's based Based on in that storyline, she's rewritten reality for her own benefits to try and change it back. Vision wakes up some people. This particular storyline in the comics is quite devastating. She goes mental. The accent that she had, fans were like, oh, she's American now. She was Sokovia not so long ago. That makes a return. Scarlet Witch also imitates Magneto when she turns all the guns on the soldiers. Yeah, that was great. In terms of the genealogy, Magneto, the children of Quicksilver and Wanda. So that makes sense as we've already mentioned 
and the X-Men's Quicksilver makes an appearance. I love that, particularly the bit where she just turns the guns on everyone. Yeah, I thought that was great. Again, it's nice because there's no suggestion, obviously, in this Marvel Universe that she is the offspring of Magneto, but anyone who's a comic book fan kind of knows that. Sort of a very subtle little, listen, we know it might not be here, but we know. The reason it hasn't been is because they weren't allowed to use it because of the copyright, but now, as we, we know she's going into Doctor Strange 2, whether they allude to that in that film, because they can. This brings us nicely into episode 6 of the series. Seamless. Yeah, absolutely. The Halloween one. Another good episode. Not as strong as 4. I think it was up there. I mean, it's great, isn't it? Particularly starts great by virtue of the fact that they're outfits. I'm going to steal one of your Easter eggs, I'm sure. <laughs> they're obviously wearing in the original comic book character outfits which is fantastic looks great the kids are still annoying and it turns out they have powers as well as being annoying which is even more annoying because I don't have powers and I'm not as annoying as they am in my head I appreciate there'll be listeners going yes you are I liked that it's a bit weird is the whole Halloween thing. It's only the last few years that we've started to do Halloween in an American-y type of way. Kids do a bit of trick-or-treating over here and they do dress up and go around, but that's only because they've seen it on American shows that that's what you do. But when I was a kid, it wasn't really a big thing at all. Bonfire Night was the big one for me. Duck Apple. That's because you come from Birkenhead and everything's always on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Bonfire Night was just worrying about whether you were going to set something on fire or whether someone's going to set something you own on fire. <laughs> Where I live, it's like the pedge. Guy Fawkes turned up at and went, no, you're all right, this is way too heavy set for me. I'm off down to London where it's a bit less intense. Well, there's nothing else I can destroy. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if Birkenhead went up, it would cost him tens of pounds of damage. <laughs> the whole Halloween thing's always been a very Americanized thing for me. Since the films, Halloween. Yeah. The things we tend to get, the shit stuff from America. We get the day before Halloween, which is mischief night, where people put toothpaste all up your arsehole. <laughs> oh, no, that's not... That's, 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 that's prison. I'm getting mixed up with prison. They basically smash your wing mirror off, because that's hilarious. The trick-or-treat time of thing is where you just get some fat bastard kids coming around going take one and they put their hand in it's like a bloody one of those grabbers we're going off piece here I don't mind if, if they've dressed up and made an effort although I live in the middle of nowhere so no kids don't come anywhere near my house it's the teenagers who have just put a mask on they're wearing their ordinary clothes they come knocking on your door there's about three of them all 16 years old with shit masks on going trick or treat and you go get lost Dickhead. Again, from where I'm from, it was one step worse. Do you remember Penny for the Guy? Yeah. It was never a penny. It was like a pound. Like, we're talking about inflation. We're not in the 1920s, mate. Not the Wall Street crash. What they do is they get their younger brother to sit in a go-kart and put a plastic mask on, right? So he looked like a dummy. It wasn't even a guy. It was your brother dressed like a tramp. So he was probably wearing his own clothes. And all they did is put a Halloween mask on. And he'd sit there lifeless and go, Penny for the Guy. It's like, it's a person. <laughs> I mean, entrepreneurial, it wouldn't get far on Dragon's Den, but I mean... Fair Although, way, again, like, Birkin edit, there is every possibility they planned on burning that person who was in the thing. True. Oh, but, so we've upset yeah. Americans and we've upset people Everyone, from Birkenhead today. I'll take them off my list of people I've offended. Uh, <laughs> this particular one, they go all out, don't they? Everyone's doing the bit, everyone's dressed up, because they do all the decorations, don't they, in America? They make all the houses. I mean, have you seen that YouTube clips where the guy has programmed the music to his lights of his house for Halloween? Oh, I mean, I can 
can barely be asked putting a Christmas tree up these days. The idea of doing that, no. Well, I don't celebrate Christmas, do I? So that's zero decorations for me. This episode has two very distinct storylines. I find you've got Vision, who's out on a mission to try and figure out what the hell's going on out in the outskirts. And then you've got Wanda, who's almost undergoing a counselling session with her brother, during which time it becomes very clear and abundant that she knows not only what she's doing, but that's not her brother. Although she still seems to go along with it, even though she sort of knows it's not her brother. She's convinced herself, isn't it? I mean, your brain is a wonderful tool. We can create a narrative that you believe, and in fact, memories aren't true. Whatever you remember, you don't remember exactly how it was. You have a memory of a memory. She's probably created this reality that at the time of creating it knew was fake, but because she's living in it, has made it believable when she sitting with him on the bales of hay and she turns to him he got bullet holes in him yeah we know he was never shot marvel again have cleverly taken the fox version of quicksilver and overlaid the fact that he's actually dead but then you've also got as you say vision doing his neighborhood watch inverted commas i call bullshit shows the level of power that's required to control all these people i don't know how many they're just standing there waiting for an interaction that could happen it's like westworld isn't it it's incredible trying to wrap your head around how much and it's fascinating that she doesn't seem to get tired when she's mind controlling all these people all the time to do everything. And also got this force field over the town as well. Yeah. Which she expands. Yeah. You can understand why there's cracks appearing and why she's having, you know, she had the flashback of Vision who's dead. And the same with Quicksilver creates this question of, oh, is it real? Is it not real? A great episode to take the story forward. Halloween's a great theme to use for that, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. And it works out well. We've got Wonder having a counseling session we've got vision out on the outskirts and the further he goes away the less control she obviously has it was really quite tense when he pushes his way out of the hex and then starts to fall to pieces really he's a construct of her mind that shows the reality of what happens if you leave what's particularly quite interesting and this it probably leads us on to the rambo conversation how when things come into the hex they're changed but they're actually permanently changed it's not like there's an artificial force field you know there's an artificial layer that's added that's then removed when she comes out so the clause of Monica Rambo was the example where even though it was now no longer in the hex her clothes i.e. her bulletproof vest was still a 1970s outfit it hadn't changed back when she'd come through because it had been changed on a cellular level so it was what it was which obviously now means that sword own a load of hot air balloons and circus tents because when she expands it and everything turns in they're gonna have to get a bigger warehouse to store the hot air balloon next to the helicopters and the humvee yeah which is i can't remember what it was that that was turned into but i think that just got battered that was the best bit of tech they had this just shows the power of wonder one of the things i thought was quite telling he bumps into agnes at the traffic lights and she's like standing there because what you hear which makes sense as you get to the end of the episode she tells the kids don't go past such and such street and such and such street well that's where her power ends and this is where Vision sees Agatha what was telling for me people may or may not have picked up on is she was dressed as a witch Hmm. she was even laughing as a witch as well wasn't she I'll be entirely honest I mean at the time of recording this I have seen 7, 8 and 9 at the time of seeing episode 6 for the first time I had no idea who she was I'd worked out who she was but for me that there if there was any doubt do you know what that's two on the nose it's only 
for the benefit of people who know who she is. I did start to suspect her of something more important to the storyline. She'd obviously regularly popped up in the episodes up to this stage and she'd let on that she knew more about what was going on in a couple of the episodes. And the fact that she was out there was the red alert for me. That's when I'd sort of suspected that she had more to her character than they were letting on because of her involvement and because it's been played by a a relatively well-known established actress that's always a dead giveaway in a show if you have a person who's a really big important actor and only occasionally appears in the show and it's a murder who's done it chances are it's that person because they don't hire big names and only have them in for 30 seconds unless there's a reason in this one when she's out in the far edges the reaches there's no reason why she needed to go there there's no reason why she would have gone there there's no reason why Wanda would have sent her there so she's gone there for a reason the fact that she's far enough away but still able to function for me was where I was like ah, hang on a minute there's a bit more to this character than I thought and I think this is the turning point in this series of episode 789 will show more of that this brings me on to what I'm hoping you will be able to answer it's Monica Rambo and the fact that she now has although we don't know this yet they allude to it in this episode her cellular structure has been changed at its very core level now i wasn't sure whether this was them saying look the blip has caused everyone to have been changed by virtue of the fact they've been blipped whether or not the people who've been blipped can then potentially be mutated into mutants with a certain process that they might go through because the blip changed their cellular structure and with the addition of something x it creates them as a mutant which i thought would then tie into the mutant universe which then ties into obviously x-men or whether it was her being thrown through the hex that has caused this ultimately i have no idea why monica rambo now has powers i'm hoping you can explain it well in this it's through her being thrown through that force field so is that what it is yeah in the comics the way she gets her powers is she ends up having exposure to extra dimensional energy in this her power is she's able to manipulate electromagnetic spectrum which is why she goes by the name spectrum but also photon because photons are what cameras use when you take a photograph it's photons if wander through anyone else through the hex would they also then have superpowers is Rambo just special take your logic that would make sense we haven't seen anyone else go through it that way the blip's a good theory there's no real thing to say that the blip does give you anything that you didn't have before but in terms of a story or a narrative to create the X-Men in the book you have the X-Men gene it's a mutation with what was called the X gene in terms of how Monica Rambeau's got her powers is because she was thrown through the hex as she went through it changed their molecular makeup now I was quite excited when this was mentioned in this episode because I was aware she becomes in the comic books Captain Marvel now I know that because when me and you went to see the Captain Marvel movies you told me about how the little kid grows up to become Monica Rambo and that's what happens and that was without knowing where this storyline was ultimately going to go it was quite exciting when I heard that because all of a sudden I'm thinking nice they're setting up a future Captain Marvel when they finish with Brie Larson yeah which they may well have already they may well have done but it just shows that they're always planning and setting up and structuring the next layer of people but actually there's more relevance and I'm sure this will come in your easter eggs which again I didn't find out until I started reading about Monica Rambo the character that she actually forms part of the Young Avengers she does and if you look at the wider plan it's the reason why I love Marvel 
and they focus on everything. You've got Ironheart coming out with the comic, and he did 12 episodes. It bombed, so I hope they're not going to go woke with that one. But Riffy, who takes over, is supposed to be a 15-year-old who's more intelligent than Tony Stark, so we'll see how that goes. You've also got Hawkeye. He's going to retire at the end of that series, and his daughter is going to take up the mantle. So the Young Avengers clearly are going to be the thing they're picking up on because each project introduces us to the next generation. Going back to what you're saying, in Endgame, they show Hawkeye teaching his daughter. At that point, we're all just watching that, assuming that they're just setting up the, oh, his family disappears storyline. In actual fact, they're planting one of those Easter eggs that in three, four TV films time will go, ah, shit, that was the first time we saw her and we actually saw her learning from a dad. That makes perfect sense now, which is so cool. When you see the film Endgame set in 2024 and we're in 2019, how is that going to work when you realise when the films are released? By the time we get to the film we're watching now, we'll already be in 2024 and the films that we're filling in now, Black Widow is a standalone, Eternals are standalone. It doesn't really matter where they're set. Ant-Man and the Wasp is in the quantum realm, so that could well be him being in the quantum realm. Doctor Strange apparently is going to be set where we're not going to be committed to the Endgame situation. Very cleverly positioning all these shows. By the time we get to another coalition of characters, it will be 2024. And you've got Ms. Marvel, who is someone who took inspiration from Captain Marvel, apparently rumoured to appear in Marvels, Captain Marvel 2, Springboard for those. It's all very exciting. And I think that's why episodes 4, 5 and 6 really struck a chord that I didn't feel 1, 2 and 3 did, because you have all that connective tissue, you have all these things being dropped in, being introduced, being called back to, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, I'm back in, I'm back in the game here, everything's starting to work again, this is fantastic. And actually, I didn't realise how much I enjoyed episodes 4, 5 and 6 until I re-watched them. I think the first time I watched them, I was still feeling a bit raw from 1, 2 and 3, whereas now I've got my head around those, watching these three, they were brilliant, I'm really looking forward to watching 7, 8 and 9 now. It's all starting to come together, maybe they've done that on purpose so they don't peak too soon, I don't know, I mean there's obviously some method in the madness and you're never going to please everyone all of the time, it just ties off all of the old Avengers and brings in the new ones, as well as introducing us to the young Avengers. What um, Easter eggs did we get in 6 then, what have you got so jotted down, that I haven't already pointed out, I'd just like to add Ones you've already mentioned, Scarlet Vision Quicksilver, Billy and Tommy are all wearing their comic book costumes and it just shows you how impractical spandex is so <laughs> when when you're writing these stories in the 70s and Scarlet Witch is wearing lycra it's like that perennial question about female body armour and all they've got is a breastplate and the midriff is wide open and then you've got the male warriors and they're all decked out head to toe reference to the fact that the twins are demon spawned (laughs) well we knew that from episode 5 when they were just being annoying couldn't have been further on the nose because in the comics they've been used from fragments of Mephisto his soul thought Mephisto was going to make an appearance and we haven't seen him yet he rules over the hell dimension we got Hellstrom which is another show that got cancelled which is Marvel that was taking it on a more paranormal supernatural genre which wasn't really seen before Mephisto is another one of those the accent that Pietro has goes back to his American one subtle easter egg one that was probably not noticed which is also part of Disney in the cinema they advertised the parent trap and the Incredibles which are both properties of Disney Monica, well, you mentioned how she got her powers. She was exposed to the barrier twice. Could be the reason why she's got the powers. 
there's a Spider-Man mask being worn in the Halloween celebrations. There's a flashback to Quicksilver, who's got bullet holes in him. And then she makes a comment to Quicksilver. It's not like your dead husband could die twice. Another a meta nod that the fact that she knows that Vision is dead. Billy and Tommy's powers are shown when he's whizzing around stealing all the sweets. Oh, Little bastard. bastard. There's a mention of Shangri-La in the comics. It was portrayed as the Immortal Garden. It's an Indian curry takeaway place from where I come from. That's also valid. Does fabulous food. Highly recommend. Sponsor. Yeah, the two marks at the podstation.co.uk or if any other curry place that gets there first will take whoever's money comes first. <laughs> Did anyone say just eat? You could also be a, pod, uh, a podcast sponsor. Anybody who does food. Anyone's them. got money. <laughs> to, to be honest, we are sponsorship whores. We're happy yeah. to just accept what it... Well, there are limitations even for us. If somebody comes with some really dodgy stuff, we might have to say no. We've got broad boundaries. <laughs> we have limits. The hard limits. We are quite broad-minded. There's certain <laughs> things we won't do for money, but there's a lot we will. <laughs> <laughs> Any more Easter eggs That's before friend, we that... sell ourselves to the devil? That is it for that. Covered them very thoroughly. I've ticked them all off on my comprehensive notes. I can't remember whether we did this, but in the event that we didn't, I'm going to ask, and in the event that we did, we're obviously going to embarrass ourselves by not being able to remember, but what would you give out of five episodes, one to three? And I'm sure we did this, but let's try and see how we feel about one to three now. And then what would we give out of five for episodes four, five, and six so that we can sort of compare where we are on this although I suspect I probably know I think I gave four for episodes one to three if you were asking me to go back having seen four to six I would probably give episodes one to three a three okay and four five and, and six I'd give that a four okay the episodes that are to come would be a five if you wanted to is give a total series figure absolutely um, these three episodes if you take them together four was great I enjoyed the Halloween one I think it's because as you mentioned it explains a lot more the other ones was just like building setting the scene and then the four five and six like boom boom what about you i mean episodes one to three i would kind of don't want to give them a two it feels really harsh but a three feels generous i really do have a bean a bonnet about the first three and i would give it three because it's marvel but i would give it two because i actually thought it was a bit shit episodes four five and six i would give it a four but i could be easily persuaded to give it a five i think the difference in improvement in my opinion between these two sets is just so stark it's ridiculous the thing with marvel as well there's so many variables to which to score a show or a film we automatically give it it's like when we're doing the picard show we give it a high level of scoring because it's picard it could be picard sitting on a bench eating a pasty we'd give it a high <laughs> score because we love picard that was a bad example i'd give anyone a high score with a pasty you need well, to pick pasty and picard which yeah. is a show in itself <laughs> <laughs> Picard's pasties when he, he retires that's what he's going to do he just tells the universe trying out pasties from all the different planets there well, you he, are he's got a YouTube channel where he just turns up and just has a food and he rates it rate my pasty Paramount get in touch <laughs> we've got all the ideas here the fact that it's Marvel straight away is like boom as soon as anything that you have the Marvel branding on it not when it says in conjunction with because I know that's Sony Marvel gone alright mate leave it with us we'll make you some money I know it's going to be great yes I guess that brings us to an end to the second 
part of our three-part wonder journey. In the next episode, we'll be covering the final one, so seven, eight, and nine, the big finale. We will be touching upon. Give us a review. You're obviously listening to us on a platform of some description. If you could give us a review, that'd be amazing. Preferably a nice one. If you don't, then do you know what? I'll still wake up tomorrow and life will go on. It'd be nice with a good one. Check us out on social media. That'd be cool. Get in touch if you want to. Check out all our other shows. I mean, if you go on the podstation.co.uk, there's loads of different shows. You can check out all of ours. You can listen to all of Mark's shit jokes as many times as you want. It's endless. He's got plenty. And trust me, if you subscribe to the Two Marks channel, there'll be lots more shows, which will, as you can anticipate, include lots more of Mark's shit jokes. For the time being, thank you very much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show, Mark. Pleasure as always, sir. Thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Excelsior! Get social at The Two Marks on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Also check them out on YouTube.